Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. Ken Barton. It is entitled Freedom of Ken. Not Freedom of Ken Barton. <laughs> I am blessed to live in this nation. When when I sent it the title and, and the verses it came across as freedom of verses. Not going to be a whole lot of them, but we are going to have a few. Freedom of instead of freedom from. Nowhere in the Bill of Rights does it talk necessarily about freedom from. A lot of things that people have seemed to take for granted. We the people. Three simple words that explain who the United States would be made up of. Not we the really rich. Not we the really poor. Or not we the strongest who can take it away from everybody else and do whatever we want to with it. But we the people. Our nation's founders intended for this nation to be founded on freedom. <clears throat> we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure tra domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity to ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Kind of laying it out. <coughs> First article was about the legislation. Uh, legislative. All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and a House of Representatives. Get it kind of laid out there. <coughs> the House of Representatives shall be composed of members chosen every second year by the people of the several states. The electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for the electors of the most numerous branch of the state legislature. No person shall be under 25 years of age. Got to have a little bit of ripening going on there. <coughs> Must have been seven years a citizen of the United States. When you're starting with a brand new country, you're going to have folks that, you know. Anyway, and who shall not, when elected, be an inhabitant, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Oh, shall not have, shall not have attained twenty-five. Shall be at least twenty-five, and shall be a citizen of the state in which he shall be chosen. Then the Senate of the United States, two senators from each state, for six years, and then every uh, each senator have one vote, and they they divide it up so that the uh, this year next year and next year they can keep a, a new group coming and going <coughs> then it, anyway it sets it up sets up what we're trying to uh, to work with okay no person in the senate can be less than 30 years old again a little bit more ripening because we have a fewer amount of folks there <coughs> and want them to be an inhabitant of the state they're going to be elected in. Vice President's going to be running it, 
except unless, of course, he's being the president, and then they take care of that. They laid all this out. As they finished the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, the writers realized that the Constitution alone wasn't going to be enough. We needed something to guarantee the rights of the citizens. So they, they started working on a Bill of Rights. I looked up on the Internet on the uh, United States National Archives and Records Administration site. Some of these places, you know, when you say, I looked it up on the Internet, people start rolling their eyes and say, what did Wikipedia tell you? But there's also bona fide sites that you can learn a lot, okay? <coughs> the first Congress of the United States proposed 12 amendments to the Constitution. The 1879 Joint Resolution of Congress that proposed those amendments is on display at the Rotunda uh, in the National Archives Museum. Guys, get over there to Washington, D.C., go have a peek. It still works. <coughs> the third through the twelfth amendments were ratified by three-fourths of the state legislatures on December 15, 1791. December 15th is Bill of Rights Day, but I missed that opportunity, so I'm going to use it now. And they became our original Bill of Rights. The second article was finally ratified in 1992 as the 27th Amendment of the Constitution, only 203 years later. So, you know, if you get on the list, hang in there, <laughs> maybe you'll make it. So what did our Founding Fathers set up for a basis of our rights? Can we figure out what they were aiming for? Bill of Rights was written so that our Congress can't decide which religion we can or can't believe in. This is a wonderful protection, but it can also be a dangerous prospect if it's misused. We can't, one of the good things, we can't be made to worship on Sunday. You know, blue laws have kind of gone away. Some of them still hang in there. You can't buy a car on Sunday. You can't go to the liquor store on Sunday. On the other hand, we can't make someone else worship on the Sabbath either, even though we believe that that's what God said. The neat thing, we get to decide for ourselves what she w we shall believe in. For instance, we can choose to listen to God. Exodus Chapter 20, the first three verses. This is going to be the major part of the scripture. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am Jehovah your God, who has brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. If we can pay attention to that, we'll be long ahead of everything else. Congress made in the First Amendment was Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of people to assemble peaceably or the people peaceably to assemble. Their phrasing was a little different from what we used and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So, we as a people can petition our government 
to correct what we feel isn't right. We need to remember that because there are those who feel that they can decide which of our rights are really important and which ones we don't need to pay attention to, we don't really re deserve. <coughs> we need to be wary of those who would decide that for us. Anytime someone tells you they know what's better for you, you might want to you know, give them the old jaundiced eye look. It's already happening. We're losing our freedoms. We're losing our right to determine what we will believe in and what we won't believe in and what we won't stand for. Atheists, for example, since they state they don't believe in God, they want to tell us we can't believe in God either. They don't want the rest of us as a nation to pledge allegiance to the God we believe in. My feeling is if they don't believe in God, fine. Don't worship him. If you don't figure there's a God, what difference does it make to you whether I worship a God that doesn't exist in your eyes? But they do. <coughs> Don't interfere with my right to worship. They want to make it where we can't tell anyone about our beliefs. What? Where does it say that we have to keep our mouths shut about what we believe? Let's read this again. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Free exercise thereof. Or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. I don't see anywhere in that that it said that they could tell us we have to shut up. That they have the freedom from religion. That they have the freedom from our speech. We have to listen to them. Now if they want to spout that belief which in my opinion is stupid. If you want me, it's stupid. In my opinion. But that's okay. They can do that. And you'll notice they do. On a regular basis. They think they can tell us that we're stupid for believing in everything. Or in something that they don't believe in. They don't want us to have the same right. Sorry, no more. It ain't going to happen that way. It's called the Bill of Rights. Not the bill of can'ts, not the bill of shan'ts, not the bill of don'ts. I think it's time that we as a nation start standing up for our rights. Most recent to me, the thing that we need to stand up for and that seems to be happening in, in Alabama, I'm proud of them, is, is about marriage. What a marriage is and who can and can't get married. Apparently our courts are becoming of the opinion that those of the perverted persuasion can decide that they can marry each other. Well, okay, let's go back to that freedom thing. Apparently we have to allow them freedom. Okay, well here's an argument that I feel is just as valid. I can decide that I don't agree with that. I can decide that I have a problem with something that goes against the religion that I have the freedom to exercise. Apparently, it's getting more and more that I can't stop them from that, but that doesn't mean I have to go along with it. That doesn't mean I have to endorse it. <coughs> so I can decide, in my opinion, what I will not accept. I won't accept somebody coming up and saying, hey, you have two vehicles, you don't need two vehicles. 
I want that one. Stand by because it's fixing to get ugly. <laughs> they, 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 they just can't. And, and you know, that's like I told a secret service agent. He was, was telling me that, that people didn't need, at, at the, the discussion at the time, was people don't need an AR-15. I said, people don't need a Corvette. I can buy all the Corvettes I want. And it's not a right. There's nowhere in the Bill of Rights you'll find that says you have the right to drive a fast car or a slow car or any car. They didn't have them back then. You know. Anyway. It's my freedom to decide according to my religion what I'll believe. <coughs> because that free exercise, right? Okay, Amendment 2. You guys knew I was going to bring this up. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. Let's see, what does that mean? So I looked it up on Merriam-Webster on the Internet. Still works. It's a verb to infringe, to do something that does not obey or follow a rule or a law, etc., chiefly in the U.S., Tell me if I get it right or wrong here. You know, uh, to wrongly limit or restrict something such as another person's rights. That's infringing. To encroach upon in a way that violates the law or the rights of another. <coughs> Sometime back, I read where someone who was upset that citizens were allowed, I believe it was in Texas, and it could have been in Tulsa, they were upset that citizens were allowed to be armed in a park. And they made this statement, well, where is our right not to be around someone that's armed? Doesn't exist. Any more than you had the right to say, I don't want to hear what that person's saying. They have to shut up. I don't want to hear what they're saying. We're not allowed to do that. We have the right to free speech. We don't have the right to yell fire in a crowded building that doesn't have a fire. If there's a fire, it's probably a good idea to let folks know so they'll get out or to do something, okay? So there, there's, there's limits, okay? There's, there's reasons why you can, why you can't. Having the right to keep and bear arms doesn't give you the right to use it necessarily unless you absolutely need to any more than you don't have the right to just walk up and hit somebody in the head with a hammer you know you have to use good sense here and what brought this to my mind the other uh, few weeks ago Glenda and I were visiting some relatives and, and uh, our aunt was talking about they live in a retire retirement community, mostly elderly people, you know. And there were three younger people that were standing out in the road. Didn't you know, didn't look right. They they didn't have any reason to be there. So she went out there and another neighbor went out there to find out what they were doing. You know, and they, they had kind of a lame excuse they were waiting on somebody else to pick them up. They're not anywhere near anywhere, some, you know, not a byway. 
And uh, <laughs> our aunt said, well, you know, a lot of the older people here have guns. <laughs> and they're not afraid to use them. They will use them if they feel threatened. Just saying. It didn't take them long. They were gone. They hadn't seen them back. <clears throat> the thing is, you don't have the right to misuse a right. Any of them. We had the right to worship God. You had the right to address your problems. You had the right to expect the government to make right what they're doing wrong. Let's talk about the IRS and investigations going on. Okay, if something's going wrong, we have the right and we have the obligation to try to get it straightened out. If we know that somebody's cheating, right? If they're using, using smoke detectors or, or exhaust fans that aren't right for the job, that could kill people because they're going to start a fire, we kind of have the responsibility to bring that someone's attention, don't we, Tony? Good job, sir. <coughs> okay, so if we, if we see things that are wrong, we have the right and the responsibility. Get them straightened out. <coughs> Here's one that I didn't realize, and I'm just covering the first ten, okay? So we're not going to be here all year. The Third Amendment says, No soldier shall in time of peace be courted in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. Think about that. You go to Fort Ord, California, or Fort Sill, or Fort Hood. They have a lot of money invested in barracks and stuff. Why don't they just put them out in the housing? Just You know, the people living all over here. We could just put, you know, one here, one here, two there. They have a big house. They don't need it all. Right? We are protected from that. Because you know there's some folks that said that... that if that was a possibility, would say, well, they don't need that house. There's just two of them. That's a 12,000-square-foot house. What do they need? On? Let's put a few soldiers in there. There's something that amazed me. Amendment 4, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. They're kind of getting away from following this in a strict manner. They're having a lot of no-knock warrants being served because they know that the person that lives there has a concealed carry permit probably has a gun so they make it a no knock and they go in there now if, if you're a law abiding a law abiding citizen a couple of scenarios here someone knocks on the door you go to the door answer it and it's the police and they say they need serve this search warrant 
come in. You may even call your lawyer first to find out if that's all right. You know, there's several ways to deal with that. Probably the least likely would be that you just grab a gun and start firing. <coughs> On the other hand, you're at home and you have your family there and all of a sudden somebody starts busting in your door and comes in if you have a gun handy chances are good that you're going to use it it can turn out really bad really easy for everybody involved it's just better not to do that so let's Let's pay attention to our amendments. Amendment 5. No person shall be held for answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless a presentment on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury. So they can't just bring up charges willy-nilly. I won't read the whole thing. Uh, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces, again, in, at war or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject to the same offense for double jeopardy, okay, uh, without due process of law. Amendment 6. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed by your folks people that kind of believe more or less the way that you do because let's face it different areas of this country have different it thoughts processes the left coast anyway <coughs> you have the right to be confronted by your witnesses you have the right to know what's being said against you and to answer those. Amendment 7 uh, talks about suits at common law where the value exceed 20 bucks. You have the right to a trial by jury. 20 bucks doesn't seem like that much now at the time, you know. But, e you know, it's, that's a good to have that bar low so that, you know, it keeps you from being abused you know the, our government picket city state federal is huge it, it, it takes a lot to get it going we have police fire medical uh, law Tulsa's public works department is huge so it costs money to take care of these things. And so they come up with creative ways to get them. Excessive bail is number eight amendment. You can't have excessive bail. <coughs> the government has come up with ways. If, if, they, if they catch you, stop you, say you're in town, okay? And it, this has happened. You come into town, you're from a small town, Kansas and 
you and several other people have gotten together and you're going to make a, an investment. You're going to buy something, whatever it is. Okay? And you come to the big city of Tulsa and you don't really know where you're going and you're coming down 244 and you get close to downtown and you get off at the Detroit exit off 244, okay? You, you don't know where you're at. So you kind of go wandering. There's some bad places down there in downtown, folks. And if they catch you and say you have $50,000 on your person because you were here for an investment. You brought the money with you. They can and will confiscate that money and say that you were there for nefarious purposes. And they don't have to prove it. You never have to go to trial. They never have to take you to trial. You have to get you an attorney and be out some serious money in order to get your money back. Again, going back to the IRS, they just recently this week I heard several accounts of, of them taking lots of money, like $600,000, because they felt like that they were trying to hide it from the IRS, so we'll grab it now. And the guy still hasn't got his money back. They, and they said they were wrong. Sorry. But they still have the money. So these are things that people need to know about and speak to our representatives because that's how we redre get redress. <coughs> Excuse me. Last two. Amendments 9 and 10. The enumeration of the Constitution, this is number 9, of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. If it's not spelled out in these 10, or now over 200, that doesn't mean that the other ones go away. You still have the rights. They have to prove that you don't have the rights that they're going to try to come after you about. Okay, You have the rights that you have. Howard Dean, if you guys will remember, was the Democratic candidate for president that screamed because he was so excited. And I thought, you know, okay, but this guy's Dean, folks. He actually said this week, I heard it reported, that our rights aren't given to us by God. They're only given to us by man. That's a dangerous, very slippery slope. Amendment 10. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. If it's not in a law giving this right specifically to the federal government, it's not their right. It's your right. And it's your state's rights. There are many who want you to think that the federal government should have all the power they want. 
want to know what that would be like, get in your history books and look about the USSR. Or you can do current events and check out places like China, North Korea, Cuba. They're doing really well in Cuba. I understand their annual salary is up to about $20. <coughs> they have all the power in those. If they want you to have anything, they'll let you know what it'll be. You think taxes are high? They're really not. I don't want to pay necessarily any more, but <laughs> I've heard it said that the tax rate in a communist country is 100%. I'd say that's right. Socialist is about 80%. So what am I telling you all this for? What am I, what's my thing? Okay. I want us to make a difference. I want us first of all to pray for God's spirit to work in us. Because any kind of difference we want to make. We want to make for. And in line with God's will. Otherwise you're really in, in trouble. First of all I want us to pray. For God's spirit to work in us. I want each all of us. All of us. Pray for God's spirit to work in us. To convert us so that we serve him. Always according to his word. That's what I think is important. That's why I want to stand up here and say that. <clears throat> Second Chronicles. 7 and 14. One of my favorites. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He says this more or less over and over and over and over in his word, trying to get our attention, trying to get us to turn to him. If my people will turn, then I will forgive from heaven I'm sorry, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Wouldn't that be wonderful? There are people all over the world who are praying every day, night, at the same time for revival. In case you're wondering, central time zone, it's 8 o'clock in the evening. <coughs> I try to pray that we will follow 2nd Chronicles 7.14 every night at 8 o'clock. In the mountain zone, they're doing it at 7. In, in Pacific, they're doing it at 6. In New York, they're doing it at 9. And you extrapolate all the way around. I'm not that smart. <coughs> because according to the person that told me about it, that's the time that they're praying. So if you want to get God's attention, right? Maybe if we all prayed at once, he might, you know, think maybe we're, we're actually trying a lot of it else. And, you know, not just pray it. If we'll do it. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray 
seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and he's going to hear how long has it been since we heard for a revival of our nation really strong how about for our state how about for our city now would work wouldn't it make a difference wouldn't it be great to have a, a true revival also want us to m make our representatives remember and that by calling them I can give you their numbers or we can look it up on the internet I don't have them all printed out so if you ask me we're going to look it up on the internet <coughs> They work for us, not the other way around. They represent us. If enough of us contact our representatives, and by that I mean House of Representatives, Congress, you know, your, your local guy, the city, you got a problem, call him up. That's what he's there for. That's why he spent all that money campaigning so that we could give him money to do a job. If enough of us contact our representatives and demand it, it'll happen. And that'll make a difference. That we can enjoy the holes in our pockets will seal up magically. God promises that. Pay attention he's still asking and it's still within the time to be able to, ask, to, to to reach him right we're still on the green side of the grass we still are aware of what's going on so please help me bring revival to ourselves to our city to our state to our nation